0: Welcome to this episode. I don't know why I'm singing today of Alive and Thrive. If this is your first episode that you're listening to, I promise I don't sing ever. That was just me being excited because I love the topic that we are talking about today. And I know that this topic is going to help you if you are on a healing journey. So let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. In this episode, we are going to dive into my ten-step check that is really going to help you to not only illuminate and bring awareness to some really small but powerful indicator that you are healed, that you are well on your way already in your healing journey. And I want to start by acknowledging the here, hearing, hearing, oh, I'm on fire today, healing looks and feels different for everyone. Okay. Everybody's journey is going to be different. But where this conversation today really spans from, I guess to give you a little bit of context, is from the context of what I have observed as an alternative therapist. In the world of holistic healing, in the world of trauma healing, in the world of anxiety healing, emotional, all sorts of overcoming emotional challenges, often see a lot of clients putting very unrealistic expectations on themselves. So they will fuse healing with cured. And now I don't believe that we should be looking for cured. And straight away, if you are listening to this episode and you are on a healing journey of some kind, I want you to ask yourself, am I looking to heal or am I looking to be cured? And the difference between that is really going to impact your perception of your healing journey. So often too, I work with women who have spent so long trying different modalities and trying different therapies and different medications and different things to help themselves try to heal that they've almost, or they have actually started to identify with the fact that this is an issue for them and that nothing works. And so in their mind, they've got this unrealistic expectation of what healing looks like and what it might feel like and what they might be like when they are healed, because they are showing up for themselves with a core belief deeply ingrained in their body and their self that this thing that they are experiencing, maybe this trauma or anxiety or whatever it is for them, shame, guilt, whatever it is that they are experiencing that they have been trying to heal for they've actually identified with perpetually healing. So that comes with, again, an unrealistic expectation, but in this case, it's going to come with the expectation that you're not going to actually heal. That'll be a subconscious expectation. And so I wanted to bring this awareness into this episode. In my role with my client, I so often get to point out and bring to their awareness, my observations in their healing journey. My observations from the client who came in with the goal of setting some boundaries, and six months later says, I don't think I have come that far. And I'm able to reflect back, these are all the times you've set boundaries in the last few months. These are all the times that you've stood up for yourself, that you've found your voice and These are the things that used to emotionally trigger you that now no longer do. And because we live in a chaotic world where stress and emotional challenges are very much a part of our human experience, but also probably experienced a little more than what is necessary because of a state of a dysregulated nervous system. These subtle changes are often missed. You're listening to Alive and Thriving with Jessica Reed, the podcast that's all about empowering you to achieve optimal wellness and success through self-care, holistic practices, and raw conversations. Jessica and her expert guests, are here to share powerful insights and strategies to help you overcome stress and anxiety, take charge of your life and thrive in life and in business. Grab a cuppa and let's dive in. So I want to start by telling you a bit of a story. This is, I love to share things that have happened to me that might potentially help you. And so a couple of weeks ago, I was being interviewed on a podcast episode and she was talking about healing, and I can't remember the exact question, but I started sharing I started sharing the story of what happened to me in April. So for those of you who are new, who haven't listened to previous episodes, in April, I had just a small rear-end car accident on the way home from a funeral, of which was held at the same location as where um, we had my best friend's funeral last year. And so I was very emotionally triggered that day. I had already had a buildup of things going on. My nervous system was already right at the brink of not coping and this accident just tipped me over the edge. Now, I have spent years on a healing journey. I have spent years um, and done so much work on not living in chronic states of anxiety or panic attacks. I have done so much work on my health, so much work on my mind. And then what happened in April was this thing that happened, this trauma sent my body into overdrive. I went into a freeze response for weeks. I was barely able to function. I wouldn't drive. I couldn't barely leave my house. Couldn't get my kids to and from school. Uh, Barely saw any clients for a few weeks because I was in this chronic state of panic attack, chronic state. I was having panic attacks coupled with vestibular migraine, um, coupled with, which, and I guess, severe vertigo, which was a part of the vestibular migraine. And this was happening for a few weeks. And I remember thinking at first, I mustn't have healed. I must not have healed because this is how I'm experiencing this trauma. As I started to move through this, as i started to actively ask for help and i went to some different types of therapy settings i had hypnotherapy i had theta healing i obviously was still working with my kinesiologist i had other things that i did as well I think I even shared on one episode how one day I woke up and I realized I can reprogram my brain. It's what I do for a living. So why aren't I doing that to stop this fear of panic attack? So I created myself resources and all these things. We went back on this healing journey from this event. But what I realized as I started to, I guess, be able to reflect back on it as I moved out of that chronic state of fight, flight, free, ons. Um, and I was very much between flight. I just wanted to escape. Some I could some days my brain was like, How do you get out of this? How do you I just want it over? How do you get out of this? And not in in any kind of self-harming way, but in a okay, what if I just ran away or what if and I would never do that, but my brain was like, I need this to end. This needs to end now. Um so how do I escape it? How do I just not feel this? And then I would go into freeze where, as I said before, I wasn't functioning. But what I was also doing the whole time is recognizing what was happening. So instead of being in this freeze response and this chronic state of panic attacks, like chronic nine to 10 panic attacks a day, for weeks, instead of sitting in this response and allowing this to take over my life for weeks and weeks before I took action, was actively watching this happen and actively asking for, him. and so that is the first thing for me when I started to be able to reflect back, where I was like, "Wow, look how far I've come in my healing journey." Years ago, years ago, when I first started experiencing chronic panic attacks after medical trauma in two thousand and seventeen, I had a pulmonary oh, what do you call it? Pulmonary embolism. So that's where a blood clot goes into your lungs, and some other things happen. So when I first started experiencing panic attacks after that event, I was not willing to acknowledge that they were panic attacks. I was like, I don't have anxiety. Something's wrong. This feels the same as when I had a pulmonary embolism. And so instead of getting the help that I needed, I was confined to bed, wasn't functioning. I was really unwell, physically unwell. Like physically, I thought I was dying every day because the panic attacks were so intense and physical on my body, but I observed it and i just sat in it for a song and so one of the first things that i was able to reflect on was okay I had the self-awareness to be able to recognize that i was going back into a state and that i needed help and then from there look how i've come back from that not only have i worked on the trauma the residual trauma from the car accident Not only was I able to do some more grief work, and I know that this is a never ending process, grief is a roller coaster, but this opened up the door for some more grief work that I had been suppressing. This also opened up a big door for me to look at some things that had shifted to autopilot in my life that was not serving me and needed to be adjusted. And now we are in November, but I would say, really, by the end of August or even beginning of August, so around three months later, so we had end of April to the end of May, to the end of June together. So about three months. feel so much better and I'm able to reflect on the way that I dealt with this situation, the way that I had this self-awareness, the way that I engaged in help, the way that I have come back from this and then am now able to actually share my story, share what worked, share what didn't and share the reality of that kind of experience as well for anybody else who's feeling this. I'm able to look at this experience and go, wow, look how far I have come. Because every time I now experience a challenge, obviously I would experience a challenge and it would set me so far back. But now I experience a challenge. And once I have navigated that whether it takes an hour or whether it takes a month or whatever it is, longer sometimes. But once I have navigated that challenge, I come back strong. I come back with more clarity. I come back more self-connected. I come back feeling more unstoppable every single time. And I don't do that by suppressing the emotions that I'm experiencing anymore. I don't do that by turning around, turning my back, sorry, to what it is that I'm going through. I do that by feeling and dealing and processing. What did I say? Was it episode 86? We feel, we deal, we heal. Was it that? was that? We feel, we deal, we heal. Yeah, I think it was that. And that is my process now. That is my process. And so it was, I guess, the small thing that I noticed that I was able to sit back and observe that I think so many people miss when they are healing. Because again, we're so caught up in that day-to-day life cycle. We're just so caught up in the busyness, in the kids, in the work, that we miss the subtle cue that we are actually healing, that we have actually come so far. It's a little bit like I shared the other day that I had ignored my business finances for a little while. This is months ago. And I finally decided to take a look at exactly where things were at. And when I did actually take a look at where things were at, I was able to see continued growth every quarter. We doubled, we doubled. How amazing is that? But guess what? Me, not acknowledging every teeny tiny little step was me being on autopilot in my life. Me not realizing the little subtle bits of growth, the little subtle things that I had implemented to make this growth happen. And so it wasn't until I was able to actually look at that growth and go, oh, how did I get there? How did this happen? That I could bring appreciation to the smaller things. And now I am making a point of celebrating the smaller things and making a point of that. So here's what we do. If you're on a healing journey, then I would love for you to reflect on the checklist that I'm about to share with you, because this is something you might, as I think I said at the beginning, you might like to journal it, or you might like to just reflect this is, this is you having an opportunity to celebrate yourself and really anchor into how far you have come. So first of all, before we do jump into the checklist, can I please, please just remind you or even encourage you to look at your expectation of whether or not you are on a healing journey. If there is an end goal to the healing journey, how do I want to be feeling or do I just genuinely believe I need to keep healing? Because sometimes it's also, how do we know when we get there? Why does every single little thing need to be a thing that's unpacked? Does it? Only you know the answer to that. are you entering into your healing journey with the expectation that you're going to be cured? Because if you just think about the story that I just shared with you about the car accident, if I had the expectation that I was cured from panic attacks, that I was cured from anxiety, that I was completely cured from my triggers, that I wouldn't never have to feel certain emotions again, that I would never be faced with real life struggles, external struggles again. If I had that expectation, then I'm never gonna feel like I'm healing and never would I have been able to reflect back on the small thing, the small but subtle things that was actually like, wow, look how far I have come to the person who would have been consumed by this years ago, look how far I've come. So I also invite you to explore your own definition of healing. What does healing mean to you? How do you know when you're there? What do you imagine that it feels Are you willing to actually recognize that there are smaller wins along the way that are such clear indications that you are healing? And we're about to check out some of those. One of the key ones that i really want to point out for you and it's not on my checklist so let's make it 11. something for you to start being aware of and this is something that happens particularly i find when people are using things like eft on their root cause so when we get into the root cause of things and we can desensitize that emotion that is where we are finding that we are no longer emotionally triggered and things that would have previous caused a reaction. We are now actually able to respond. And so I want you to think about this in your life, things that maybe previously you had a reaction to. So this is a reaction is something that is typically um, immediate and reaction is driven by beliefs and biases that live in our subconscious mind. And so when we react, It is a subconscious process that really doesn't involve much thinking, and it's often a defensive mechanism. So our reactions are emotional, and they are impulsive, and they often occur when we are in highly stressed or emotionally charged situations, and reactions are often something that people do come for help with because the reactions don't feel good to them, and they are often impacting other people around them as well so when we are having a response instead of a react it's slower and it takes into account the well-being of both the respondent and the receiver and it also involves reflection and examination of the situation and it's generally influenced by reasoning and understanding of the context as well of what it is that is happening in the situation and so when we are able to respond, it is based both on information from the conscious mind and our values rather than these autopilot these autopilot reactions that are based on emotionally charged belief. And so when we are responding, it is generally within alignment of our best self and our best intention. And so I wonder if you can reflect in your world, times where you may have previously been reactive, particularly if you've been working with me and you're listening to this, and you have been working on emotional triggers, if we've been using tapping, been using hypnotherapy, if we've been using body psychotherapy, if we have been talking about root causes, can you reflect on times where you have had emotional triggers, where you have had a reactive response to something, maybe someone the way that somebody speaks or something that somebody usually does, a behavior, and that you have now had a different response rather than a reaction, where you have stayed calm and grounded in the face of what used to emotionally trigger you, where you can now respond in a way that is logical that doesn't feel emotionally reactive. Can you recognize any of these times? I know I have had conversation with a few of my clients recently exactly about, they say, I cannot believe it. He hasn't changed. She hasn't changed. My external environment hasn't changed yet. It's not bothering me. That's a really common impact of tapping by the way, (laughs) not to make any claims. We can't make any claims, So that is a really common thing that happens after we do work with EFT on different emotional challenges. So let's get into our top, our 10 check, because when we recognize the journey within ourselves, it is so important to recognize subtle shifts in our behavior, in our mindset, in our emotional patterns. So I want you to listen to this checklist with an open mind and the lens of how is this playing out in my world versus when I was emotionally triggered versus when I was not feeling at my best, even though you may not feel like you are hundred percent, but we're not looking for cure. in. So here is one thing, increased self-aware. Are you starting to notice more the thoughts that you are having the emotions that you're feeling? Are you noticing your behaviors more? This self-aware, this self-reflection is a huge sign of healing. It is a really important step on your journey to heal. So are you able to recognize even if, and I just want to say, even if the reaction has happened, if the difference is that you used to have this reaction and now you, you had it, but you can reflect back on why and you can reflect back on what happened. That is self-aware, but we are not looking for perfection. You have full permission to be human. But if you have self-awareness over your behavior, which allows you to reflect and go, okay, how could I avoid this next time? How could I release this emotion from my body? Is this a trigger that I need to deal with? Okay, I'm going to have some compassion for myself because that was a really challenging situation and I did my best. That self-awareness is huge. Self-awareness for me has been, oh, the the biggest game changer. Getting to know my body and its subtle cues that I am under stress or moving into a state of anxiety. Those subtle cues for me, understanding those, having the self-awareness to be able to also reflect back, okay, I didn't And maybe I didn't respond to that. I was reactive. So game-changing. So number two, how are your reactions? Now, I know we just spoke about reactions versus responses, and so I won't go too deep into this one because I didn't think it was on the list. (laughs) I thought I had to talk about it separately. I just titled it something different, so I confused myself. But observing that your reactions to previously triggering events have become more balanced, and less intense. And I love that word balance, that they have become more balanced and less intense. And that's the what we were speaking about before, reactive versus responsive. That's where we're speaking about my clients who say, this person is still doing the same thing. They are still behaving in the same way, yet I am not feeling triggered by this. That thing in my house that used to upset me so much is still there, but I am not feeling emotionally bothered by it. That is where we are dealing with our triggers and you have become more balanced and less intense. So number three, resilience in the face of adversity. Now this is what I was talking about in my story as well. Finding that you bounce back from setbacks more quickly with a healthier perspective. Are you noticing or are you going to allow yourself to notice That where you used to have a buildup of stresses and it would knock you out for a week, all of a sudden you are coping. Or where something used to happen and it used to completely impact your thinking and your feeling, that actually it impacted you for maybe five minutes and you bounce back. Maybe it's a trauma or an experience that has impacted you and it impacts you for weeks, like I explained with my accident in April. But then you come back with a healthier perspective. Resilience in the face of adversity. Notice the times in your life where this is happening and it will be happening. Even if it's such, oh, I love pointing these out because these are the things, as I said before, that are just like, oh, I am actually healing. Look how far I have come. And if your brain tries to jump in and say, yeah, but just put a stop to it. It is so unnecessary to do that to yourself. Look how far you have come. And if you wake up, Perfectly whole, complete, healed, perfect human? Let me know. Tell me how you did it. But if you're not gonna wake up one day and be perfectly whole, complete and healed, then celebrate your wins. Celebrate your small wins. Okay, number four, shifts in our relationship. This one's an interesting topic. So we can talk about seeing improvements in relationships, like healthier boundaries, um, having more meaningful connections, clearer communicative shifts in your relationship. Do you know what my daughter said to me the other day? It got me thinking. Oh boy, it got me thinking. My daughter said to me, she said, "Mum, are you okay today? And I said, yeah, why? And she said, and I said, what makes you ask that? And she said, oh, you've just been like making jokes. And I threw threw this little, oh, I don't know, this firecracker thing. I don't know what it is. It's something that went bang. I threw it out to, to scare my partner. I don't know if I should be admitting this. Anyway, I threw it at his feet to make everybody jump and thought it was hilarious. And And I was, yeah, I was making jokes and I was bantering and I just felt like myself. I am genuinely um, quite a sarcastic person. I love joking around. And obviously she had seen a side of me that had been healing for a long time. And she said, are you okay? Because I've been making jokes and because I'd been funny. And I just thought, this is a shift in our relationship right now because she is seeing me for who I really am. And I am so sure, by the way, I have not been eight years of being not like that. (laughs) I'm so sure that she would have seen that before, but she was obviously ready to connect with that and to see that. But here's the flip side to shifts in relationships. And I wasn't actually, I had a whole episode about this, but I'm going to talk about it now quickly. This is something that also comes up for in almost every singing healing space that I facilitate, when somebody stops emotion, when somebody is becoming more resilient, when somebody's having those balanced reactions in their relationship, um, the shift in relationship can actually be quite confronting for the other person. And I want to bring awareness to that because what people don't tell us so often when we are healing and when we are growing and when we are stepping into this next level version is that if the significant people in your life are not also choosing to embark on their own healing journey, then they are likely to be on a different energetic level to you. And so they can come into these relationships and they might come in and they might be ready to have the same argument that you always used to have about I know something. And you are suddenly having this balanced reaction where you're like, oh, okay, no, I see both sides to this. Then it's fine if you want to do this. And their body, which has been literally addicted to the emotions that come as a chemical response when we have these interactions. is like, huh? What's just happened here? And so sometimes when we are healing, we find a shift in our relationship and we find that people actually start having conflict because they're not aware of this. Not because their relationship is not going to work, but because they are not aware that their shift is impacting somebody else. And that person is sitting there going, oh, I know this person, like this This is a new version they've changed. And that can, oh, now I've got the hiccups. And that can be confronting for some people. And so just being prepared to deal with that without seeing it all of a sudden, I'm having this shift in my relationship. The shift, those kinds of shifts, it's necessary. It's necessary. And that person has the option to meet you where you are at or not. And you have the option to continue to implement the behavior changes that you deem to be positive that is causing the feelings of uncertainty in the other person. I'm not going to get too deep into this one right now, but because there are so many layers and so many levels to this conversation, but just being aware that positive shifts as well as not so positive shifts sometimes or what feels like not so positive shifts. Because the other people around you are like, oh, this isn't what I'm used to. And sometimes their brain's like, oh, we don't like change. And so that, remember, is their issue to deal with. That is their issue. Okay, number five, improved self care. So making self care a priority and noticing that you are taking better care of your physical and your emotional needs. So I want you to reflect on your self-care? Are you finding that you are prioritizing your physical and your emotional needs more? Number six, mindful responses. So realizing that you're actually pausing to consider your actions um, and your responses more often rather than being reactive and impulsive. Number seven, and this is a big one. And we have some episodes on belief, changing in your belief. So can you identify where you maybe were operating from a belief system that wasn't serving you? And can you identify now where you might be operating from a healthier belief rather than being ruled by ones that were old and limiting? So for me, I know it. I've shared on so many episodes now, beliefs that I've let go of about my worth, about perfection, about money. I can reflect on so many changes I believe that were not supporting me before, but are now. And so I encourage you to do the same. And if you come up with some more that that are not serving you, that's okay too. That is perfectly okay. You just deal with them. (laughs) Once they're in your awareness, you have the option to deal with them and to find a way to reprogram them and to let them go or to keep living with them. That's your choice. Number eight. Greater emotional control. So this is where you are experiencing emotions fully, but with a newfound control that allows you to feel it. It's almost like a sense of safety. This is just this is in my big mission is to help people believe and understand that it is safe to feel your emotions, It's safe to feel them. So are you able to observe times in your world where you are experiencing emotions? And you are allowing yourself to feel them. You are allowing yourself to experience and realizing that they then pass and they have not completely controlled you and they have not completely overwhelmed you. And they are not now your new live-in state. They were just a destination, a holiday destination that came and went. Number nine, are you finding that there are moments where you realize that you have a sense of detachment? from your past hurts or your past traumas or things that you know had an emotional charge associated with them? Are you starting to find peace and acceptance with your past? Just notice and observe and celebrate the times that you notice this. And number 10, are you starting to find more joy in the present moment? Are you finding that there are more moments of genuine happiness and contentment in your day-to-day life? because this is really indicative of a present and engaged mind. I have found that myself, especially in the last few months where I will be outside and I'll just be like, wow, the sky is beautiful. Oh my God, that tree or that flower or just the smallest things. Oh, that water feels so nice and warm the smallest things, like the smallest things, but they're they're the things that are here and now and they are the things, as I said, that are really more indicative of a mind that is present and engaged and not often lost on an autopilot response. And so just notice, are you starting to find joy or moments of genuine happiness or genuine contentment? or genuine satisfaction in your present moment. So I would love to hear your reflections on this Check Has this opened your eyes to, okay, maybe I've come further than I thought. And if you have, can you celebrate that? I want you to celebrate it. Give yourself a high five. Give yourself a hug. Take yourself out for a nice walk. Buy, I know, buy a smoothie. (laughs) I don't know what you like to do to celebrate. Have a glass of champagne. Have a hot cacao. Do something. Have a nice bath. Do something to anchor in. Okay, this is I am healed. I am healed. I can't tell you what healed looks and feels because that is going to be different for everybody. But I want you to know that every single small step that you take along the way is so important. Now, if you would like support in your healing journey, then this is the kind of work we can do one-on-one together. So reach out, have a complimentary chat with me. We can have a phone call and we can see what you are ready to shift out of. What identity you are ready to share. You can see what, who you are ready to become so that you can experience the life personally, professionally that you want to be experienced. So until next week, have the best week and I will see you next time. Wow, what a journey it's been today. We are so grateful for each and every one of you who tuned in to Alive and Thriving. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help us keep growing, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite platform. It's a simple but powerful way to support a small business like ours to continue to make an impact.